Hello, and welcome to the Killer Cuties podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Cassidy, and I've seen almost every horror movie out there. And I'm KD, and before we started, I'd seen almost none of them. So join us each week as I attempt to make a horror fan out of KD. As a warning, we will be discussing spoilers and some uncomfortable topics that may be in the plots, so feel free to check out the film on DoesTheDogDie.com first to check for any triggers before listening. Today, we're talking about one of the first ever slasher films, 1974's Black Christmas. Let's get spooky. Should I kick us off with a summary? Yes, please. (laughs) All right. So at a sorority house, someone calls in and when the girls answer, they realize it's a recurring caller the girls have nicknamed The Moaner for his inappropriate calls. After this, one of the girls, Claire, decides to go up to her bedroom to pack for winter break. However, she's killed in her room by the caller. The next day, Claire's father arrives, and he and the sorority members report her missing to the police and start a search. Uh, That night, while the girls are searching for Claire, their house mother actually discovers Claire's body up in the attic, but she's killed by the attacker as well. Jess, one of the girls, answers another one of the attacker's calls, and she decides that she's going to have the police tap the line and try to trace it to identify the caller. Uh, later, while Jess is listening to some carolers, another of the sorority girls is killed upstairs in her room. Uh, the sound's kind of drowned out by the singing children. Jess receives another call, and the caller repeats back part of the conversation that she had with her boyfriend, Peter, earlier. And the call was too short to trace, she and the police kind of start to suspect Peter because the caller knew what they had talked about. After locking up the house, one of the last sorority members is killed after finding another girl's body. Jess answers another call, and this time the police are able to trace it. They tell her to leave because the call is coming from inside the house. (laughs) So Jess, not knowing that her friends are already dead, doesn't want to leave without them and tries to go get them. Uh, But she's confronted by the killer, and she's chased into the basement where she locks herself inside. Soon after, Peter arrives, and he breaks into the basement trying to find Jess. He asks if she's okay, but in a state of panic, she beats Peter to death. The police find her holding his dead body, and believing him to be the killer, they put her to bed and leave her alone in the bedroom. However, the killer's voice is then heard from the attic, revealing that Peter was not, in fact, the killer. And as the camera pans out from the house, the phone begins to ring. And that's Black Christmas. That's Black Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you think? I think it's fun. <laughs> this yeah. is like, I mean, this is one of the first slashers. I think only four came before it. Peeping Tom, Psycho, uh, A Bay of Blood, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So it kind of like was a blueprint of sorts. You know, along with the others, it kind of paved the way for other slashers to come after it. Yeah. Yeah. It it really do be walking, so Halloween be running. Okay. <laughs> um, I think this ran yeah. so Halloween could walk. <laughs> Yikes. Tell that to all of Halloween's sequels. Uh, this movie has two sequels. Thank you very much. I said all of Halloween sequels. Actually, all, it doesn't. Like, it has two remakes. Yeah. And they were both terrible. <laughs> <laughs> A remake that's terrible. 
Imagine. I no, like remakes are always bad. I can't stress enough how bad the remakes are. Really? Like, they are almost unwatchable. Anybody interesting in them? The 2006 one is like kind of star-studded. It's got Katie Cassidy, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Lacey uh, Chabert from Mean Girls, yeah. um, Michelle Trachtenberg. <laughs> like, it's actually like <laughs> star-studded. And they yeah. bring back... Um, uh 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 Oh shit, what's her name? She's in this. Let me look, let me look, let me look. Andrea Martin, who plays Phil. Oh. She comes back and plays the house mother in the remake. So it is, Dude. but uh, without like spending too much time on that movie, there was a lot of like studio interference with what they wanted to do because the director actually knew Bob Clark, the director of the original, and like had his blessing to do a remake. And he wanted to be, like, really faithful to the original. But studio interference, like, caused them to go in a completely different direction. And, like, even he has huh. said, like, I don't, it's, this is terrible because of what they did to it. Like, it's a massacre because they just, like, gutted it. So. Bad. Yeah. And then the 2019 one is worse. <laughs> it's, it was really bad. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Well. Yeah, but you know what? I don't what? think this was really bad. Thank you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't even bad. It was good. Um, You mentioned Halloween, though. And there's a I fun did. fact about this that I wanted to tell you about. Oh. And that is that there is kind of a rumor about this film that Bob Clark, the director, had an idea for a sequel where... A year later, the killer would escape from an asylum and come back on Halloween and kill people. And he wanted to call it Halloween. And apparently, he told this idea to John Carpenter, who would a few years later go on to make Halloween, a movie about a killer who escapes an asylum and comes back and kills everyone. But that's a rumor. That's what people say. What people? There's like, I don't know, like in Hollywood, like there's articles that say like, yeah, Bob Clark like had this idea for a sequel and he told it to John Carpenter. But like, I guess Bob Clark has said like, oh, I don't, I don't think he meant to rip anything off. So like, I don't So anyways, well, Halloween's a sham. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know what to think. <laughs> I don't know what to think. Um, I've never spoken ill of John Carpenter. Yeah. I really do like him. I know you do. I really do like Halloween. Yeah, I know you do. It... It was what was paving the way for future slashers. Well, but, you know, you can't really discredit the ones that came before it. Well, no, of course not. But it was the one that took off for sure. For sure, for sure. I mean, Psycho was... It definitely Psycho took did, off. 
it did well. I mean, this movie did well too. I mean, it made twice its budget. It did, but it wasn't like a super like box office hit. And it was received no. really negatively when it first came out, like critically. At first, yeah. And then it kind of developed a cult following and critics reevaluated it and were like, never mind, this is a classic. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. A lot of horror movies do that though. Yeah. Like, you know, other than like Disney Channel original movies. Horror, like, horror movies come out and they people are like, oh my god, it sucks. And then 20 years later they rewatch it and they're like, oh my god, wait, that was actually really good. I feel like you know some I mean? of them. Yeah. Well, yeah, not all of them. Some of them. Yeah, but, but we've definitely seen that happen before where movies just kind of came out a little bit before its time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. This, uh... A lot of people interpreted the subplot of this movie where Jess is choosing to have an abortion despite Peter not wanting her to do that as a very mm-hmm. feminist statement. This movie came out a year after Roe v. Wade. So a lot of people were like, oh, they're taking like a political stance. And Bob Clark I mean, and they were writing had... it around the time that it would have been happening then. Exactly. Yeah. Um Bob Clark, the director, and then Olivia Hussey, who plays Jess, were like, no, it was just like something we thought people could, like, we could talk about in between the murders. (laughs) (laughs) So it wasn't their intention. But I feel like we've talked a lot about, like, intention and versus, like, impact before. Like, I remember in our episode on Martyrs, a lot of people felt that it was kind of sexist. And, like, the director was like, that was not my intention at all. But, like, at some point, like, intention doesn't matter if enough people kind of think that. And yeah. I think it's kind of the same here. Like, it doesn't really matter if they intended it to be a feminist movie. It kind of just is because they decided to include this woman who, in the 70s, wants an abortion, is going to have an abortion. He's there trying to propose and she's like, I got to work on my school and my career. Like, I'm not doing this right now. So... Sorry, Bob Clark. It doesn't matter what you wanted. <laughs> this is yeah, a feminist and, slasher. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that that is the exact opposite of the consensus at the time. Like, of course, people are going to think it's a feminist movie. Like, Oh, yeah. yeah. It's yeah, for sure. Silly Bob. I know. But even he like he had a strict rule when he was writing the uh the women characters that like he never wanted to objectify them sexually or have any nude scenes because he wanted them to be real people and not just disposable horror characters like waiting to die so like even like in the process of writing it he was kind of looking at it differently than a lot of people making slashers back then where they're like let's show some titties let's have her die <laughs> like that was yeah. seen in you know Friday the 13th and Halloween even and, you know, a lot of movies back then that it was like, you have sex and then you die. Not here. Not in this sorority house. <laughs> no. In this sorority house, you have abortions and you kill your boyfriend. Exactly. The way the good Lord intent. No. <laughs> 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 uh, um... No, no, that that I mean, that whole thing was like 
Oh God, I hated him so much. I hated Peter. So much. God, everything out of his mouth. I just wanted to punch him in the fucking face. <laughs> yeah, he kind of um, sucked. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of like tension building there, which was infuriating. But um, but no, it was refreshing to have a like powerful female character who was like, you know, no, I'm not doing this. I want to prioritize my career. I don't need to get married right now. It's just not in the cards for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was super refreshing because in any other movie, it would have, she very well would have been having that baby. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, Jess was described as the best final girl. <laughs> what am I, grew from the minions? <laughs> Finer, final girl. <laughs> the best final girl in history. <laughs> <laughs> no, she was described as the best final girl <laughs> in horror history by a 2016 list published by Inter- um, the entertainment magazine Paste. So at least someone out there thought this is the best final girl ever. I, I don't disagree with w- yeah. who I've seen. Like, she's kind of killing it yeah she's up there yeah i mean yeah i don't think she's a final girl i did it too i almost said final (laughs) girl um i don't think she's living much longer past the end of this movie if i'm being honest okay so you're you're part of the uh the people that think that she died well, I mean, I don't think she died at the end of the movie. I think she died oh, okay. like, soon after the end of the movie. Okay. So some people think that the ambiguous ending means that Jess died because he calls after every murder. And as it's panning out, you hear the phone ring. So like people thought oh. that that, right. They thought that that implied that he had come in the room and killed her and then was calling to confess, oh. basically. So that's like a of fan theory bob clark had like wanted to do a sequel and he had wanted her to come back and be like the sorority house mother so i don't know Mm -hmm. the director apparently thought she lived because he wanted to do a sequel but the ending does i could see how that would imply that she died so who's to say not me yeah i didn't put i didn't put those pieces together but that makes Mm -hmm. even more sense like i i definitely thought that she died because like he was still in the house, right? Yeah, but I didn't put the there. pieces together that she was like actively dying as the movie was ending because the phone rang. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It does. Add me to that fan theory <laughs> believers list. I like it. Yeah, the studio even like they pushed for a more conclusive ending too because they didn't like that it kind of left oh, it no. up to interpretation. And they even suggested they were like, oh, like have Claire's boyfriend be revealed as the killer because he's like one of the last people yeah. alive. And Bob Clark was like, this guy was with the police the whole time searching for Claire. Yeah. Like it doesn't that doesn't make any sense. That's a huge plot hole. Like he couldn't have done it. So, no, yeah. he basically was just like, we're keeping it how it is. Sorry. Like, And it was yeah, correct because that's part of the reason why it's such a like cult classic. People loved that it was ambiguous. Yeah, it. It's the perfect example of an ambiguous ending because you know who the killer is. Like, you have closure. Like, mm-hmm. you have some sort of closure, but it's still open-ended enough that you it makes you think. 
Right. You're still like, like, who is this guy? Why is he doing this? Like, yeah. And like, did he, did he, like, who all did he kill? Like, what part did he play in all of it? Exactly. Exactly. Did he kill Jess? Is Jess still alive? Yeah. So, like, that, whereas some ambiguous endings are like, who is the killer? Like, like, what was the whole point of this movie? Like, right. Like, what even happened? Not what this was. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like it was a well done ending. I was happy with it. Totally. Yeah, I wasn't complaining about that at all. Yeah. But also, I was, however. Oh, wait, go. What? Complaining about the beginning. Yeah, you were very upset with the pacing of this film. Yeah, I was so annoyed at the beginning of this movie. We watched it with a group of friends in Discord. Mm-hmm. And it just felt so... I don't know if it was because I was like working at the same time or what, but it just felt so slow at the beginning. I was just so ready for people to start dying. Um, like it just, I don't know if it was like the tension wasn't being built, Mm. like, like there wasn't enough tension being built or if it wasn't being built fast enough. Mm. I don't know, but there was something just off about the pacing for me. Um, but once it like hit its stride, honestly, about the time that like Jess and Peter started having like the talks about the pregnancy. Yeah. That was about where like. Okay, like it picked up. There's a character that I can really hate, and there's a character that I can really love, and yeah, yeah, that's where it picked up um, for me. But yeah, I mean that's definitely fair. I didn't have that problem. I don't mind if it's like a little bit slow, Bernie. Um, so yeah, I did. I didn't feel that, but I definitely could see how you would. It's interesting because I watched this movie for the first time like a few years ago, so not like. It was after I had seen a lot of horror movies and already kind of gotten into it that I was like, oh, here's this movie that's like a classic. I should watch it. And I remember when I watched it, I was like, oh, my God, this is kind of like a different type of take on a slasher, even though like this is a blueprint for slashers. Right. Like this was one of the first. So it's not really different because it was already done. But to me, it felt so different because like nobody knows there's a slasher. Like everybody's just like going on with their lives, not knowing that like all their friends are dead. And so to me, yes. I was like, oh, wait, that's kind of like a unique take on it, even though it was like the fourth take on it. So it wasn't like. Yeah. But yeah. But so you're right. Know. Nobody's like running around screaming and. Right. You're not getting chased and... by the killer until the very end. Like, you're not trying to figure out who it is because you don't know that something's wrong. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. They don't, and that hasn't been, like, reproduced much since then, either. Yeah, there's not, like, very many examples that I can think of that that do that. I haven't seen any. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, oh, okay, so, about two weeks before this movie was supposed to have its, like, Primetime Network debut. debut. It's going to be on NBC. We're going to play it. Um, at Florida State University, Margaret Bowman and Lisa Levy were murdered because someone broke into their sorority house and attacked and killed them. And then after that, they also attacked their two housemates, Karen Chandler and Kathy Kleiner. They survived. Um, but I think they had like lifelong sustained injuries because of it probably mentally as well and then also a nearby apartment uh cheryl thomas was attacked and assaulted as well 
she also lived. Um, but yeah, due to public outrage, NBC pulled the plug. They did not show it because a lot of people were saying that this movie inspired the killer to do that. Uh, mm. The killer was later identified as Ted Bundy. So oh. I think they realized that that probably wasn't the inspiration. He's just a shitbag of a person. But still, really fucked up that that, uh, that, that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Mm-hmm. Horrible timing. Yeah. And then they released it on TV anyway. They did. Well, they did. I think. Name. Yeah, that was like, I think, <laughs> a couple of years later that they did that. But. <laughs> Yeah, at that time they pulled it, which I mean makes sense. Like that's happened in other movies too, where like movies get delayed yeah. or pushed back because of like world events. What, what was it? Scream that got pushed back because of Columbine? No, that was later. Some movie got pushed back because Columbine happened, and it was about like kids, like high school kids dying, so they had to push it back. So like it's happened before, where like these national tragedies happen, and then movies get pushed back because they have similar content or something like that. Oh yeah, I think it was Scream. I don't think so, because didn't Columbine happen in 1999 and Scream came out in 1996? Am I right on that? I feel like we've talked about it. Yeah, I feel like it was a movie we talked about. But yeah, Columbine happened in 1999. So it must have been like a 2000s movie or 1999 movie or something like that. Ginger Snaps? Maybe. It might have been Ginger Snaps. Yeah, I remember us talking about that, though, on... Yeah, we, we definitely did. Yeah. And I think you might be right. I think it might have been Ginger Snaps. But yeah. Have a more darker mood killer. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. On a happier note... Yeah. Olivia Hussey... Mm-hmm. Uh, was going to be in Roxanne? Roxanne! Right? That? Yeah, that's, that's the one with Steve Martin. Oh! Um, yeah, and Steve Martin's fun. like, oh my god, I am your biggest fan. I loved you in one of your movies. Um, Cannot wait to work with you kind of thing. He's like, yeah, thanks so much. Um, this is like before they started shooting for Roxanne. Yeah. And she was under the impression it was like for her performance in Romeo and Juliet. Like, as you would, oh. <laughs> you know. It was this. Um, it was this. Yeah. Steve Martin has seen this movie like hundreds of times. He oh my loves God. this movie. Wait, that makes me like Steve Martin more. He's just a horror girly. We love to see him. He really is. Yeah. <laughs> That's really funny, though. I feel like that would be me meeting like 90% of Hollywood. I'd be like, oh, I loved you in this movie. And it's just like the nichest role I've ever played. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, the ones that they forgot they were even in. Yeah. Yeah. What's a girl to do? <laughs> she wasn't even going to take this role either until she talked to her psychic. She just yeah. has one on call? I guess she did at the time. Back in the 70s. Her psychic was like, yeah, you should take this role. It's going to be very lucrative for you. So she did. And it wasn't. But... <laughs> <laughs> she had a good time. It probably became was... lucrative. She probably got like royalties off of it, right? I guess. I mean, I'm sure she did, but man, 
I'm going to start going to a psychic to decide my life for me so that I'm not responsible if things go wrong. My friend from high school and I went to a psychic to tell us what our jobs were going to be. Oh. Um, I used to work on Balboa Peninsula. Mm-hmm. There are several psychics in that strip of buildings down there. Yeah. Um, and they said that she would work with paper. That's and she so became a, vague. Yeah. But she became a patent lawyer. Okay. So she wasn't wrong. And they said I, I would. I too. Like, I don't yeah. True. <laughs> Every no, person I know works with paper. You work with a computer. I literally have to get things notarized sometimes. <laughs> I still work with okay. paper. <laughs> anyway, and they said that I would work with children and you know the people that I work with. So oh. you're right about me too. We have to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> Do we? Hello, coworkers who listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I anyway. just I think that's my problem though with with psychics is that it's always so vague. Like you could literally interpret it however you want. Totally. I remember my work one time brought in for Halloween, they brought in like tarot card readers. Oh. And it was so funny because the first girl was like, Oh, like this card means that you're like very in touch with your spirituality, like I can just feel that emanating from you. Like, you're a very spiritual person. And she just looks at me, and I was like, I'm literally the least spiritual person in the world. like, I'm so sorry to, like, shit on your parade, but, like, wrong. Incorrect. Hmm. <laughs> and then the second lady, because I had two, so I went to the other girl. And she was like, mm, yes, these cards are telling me that you should, you should follow your dreams. And I was like, that's great. You could say that to any motherfucker on the street. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) That's not reading my fortune. That's just saying, follow your dream. Like, yeah, my mom tells me that too. Like, I don't, you're no different than her. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. I just don't buy it. But yet you collect tarot cards. Yeah, I think they're fun. They're cute. I like the aesthetic of the spiritual world. But I don't believe in it, which makes it kind of more fun. Because it's like, it's just like, it's not for real, real. It's for play, play. So I can just like play with a Ouija board and not be worried about like demons coming into my house, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. See how much fun it is? (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I think it's fun. Anyway. Anyways, back to Black Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, well, yeah. Sorry. I have very important news about this movie. Oh. The character. Like current events news? No, just from oh. the script. Barb, <laughs> the character of Barb, was intended to be bisexual. There's just like very small clues to it, but she's like seen reading like Playboy magazines throughout, <laughs> which are. Of women. And then, okay. but she also like talks about like her experiences with ex boyfriends and stuff like that. So the intention, although very subtle, was that she was bisexual and she's interested in, in you know, all the genders. Interesting. Yeah. Very progressive movie for the 70s. I know, right? They still killed the gay, but that's fine. <laughs> 
they they killed most of them. They killed almost everybody, so Yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. This was kind of before like barrier games became a real problem too, so Right, right. Um Yeah, no, that's I never would have noticed that. Yeah, me neither. But I read about it afterwards and I was like, oh, go off, Barb. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> What else? Uh, the phone calls were done in post. Yes, we talked about that. Yeah, I gave that fun fact during during our watch together. (laughs) Yes. Um, but yeah, during shooting, they were just reacting to like Bob Clark off camera, just saying stuff. And he was like really tame with it because he didn't want them to have like huge reactions he kind of wanted them to seem numb because this is supposedly someone who's like called multiple times and said weird shit so they're just kind of like oh here he is again you know um and then afterwards he was like let's just have him be fucking weird as shit (laughs) yeah which like two things one is it weirder to react to your director just saying like random shit or is it more like natural natural to like react to what's actually supposed to be happening? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it did it, it thinking about it from my perspective, I don't even know if it would matter. Yeah, I guess. But I do think if I was listening to them like say some of the stuff, I might start laughing. Cause some of it was like <laughs> it's True. really vulgar, but like if you knew the guy who was doing it and you're just like <laughs> stop that's weird (laughs) yeah well especially if you saw him doing it because i guess he was like upside down like on his head to try to like get his diaphragm to like compress his lungs so he would sound guttural yeah to make it like really like (laughs) raspy and creepy he would just stand on his head doing it so yeah i'd be fucking cackling if that was happening on set (laughs) yeah true so yeah um anyway that was thing one and then thing two if they had gotten so many phone calls that they're supposed to be like immune to it by now and he has like this nickname already mm-hmm. like how many people has he killed and has he killed them all from inside the house I doubt the way I think about it is like and this is just a theory that I came up with 30 seconds ago um <laughs> As I was asking the question. <laughs> no, I did think about that when I was reading about, like, the movie and stuff, too. I was like, oh, yeah, like, okay. they're supposed to be numb to this. So I had the same question. And I just kind of thought, like, maybe he starts calling the next house, like, while he's still at the old house or something like that. Like, when he's killing, like, the last few people, he'll call the next place or something like that. So, like, I don't know. Maybe he was just calling them as his next victims and then went there or something like that. You know what I mean? I don't know. But Jess would have been the last person in the. Well, no, because like in. Chris, the Claire's boyfriend was still in there. The police were still in there. Like, we don't know how many people he's still going to kill. Yes. We don't even know if the caller was him. It could have been like one of their parents or something. I think it's implied that it's I him. Think but it's still. Implied. You don't know. That's what an ambiguous ending means. It means draw your own conclusions. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know, man. I didn't write it. Well, 
What happened to the cat, by the way? Lived happily ever after. Okay. Well, how scary do you think it was? A one. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is, you know? It, it was, it's a fun little slasher, but not super scary. What about you? Same. One? One. One. Sorry, I didn't want to dwell on the cat thing, because you're right. It lived happily ever after, and that's the end of that. Yeah, of course. We just, that's how we think of it. It's ambiguous. <laughs> you create your own ending. Yes. Uh, yeah, no, it was not scary. Not even a little bit. Yeah. It was a Christmas happy fun time. Yeah. It's a romp. Which, I wish it was a little more Christmas. Like, I wish oh. he had, like, killed somebody with an icicle, or, like... Worn a Santa hat or drown in hot chocolate, you know? Yeah. I don't know if this is really like a Christmas movie. More, at, It's more so like a movie that takes place at Christmas. Like he's yeah. not a killer who's like inspired by the holiday season. He's just like happens to be available to kill them all at Christmas. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like how people are like, like every white man you meet is like, oh, Die Hard's my favorite Christmas movie. Like, it's not a Christmas movie. It takes place at Christmas. It's different. <laughs> yeah. Well, you maybe know? if his favorite movie wasn't Die Hard, then it would have been a little bit more of a Christmas movie. <laughs> he would have been a little bit more inspired in yeah. his killings, his Christmas killings. He could have strangled her with wrapping paper instead of saran wrap. Well, that'll just break, though. Movie magic. But it... We allow some liberties. I wouldn't. <laughs> Even when people are getting strangled by plastic, I'm like, babe, just pop a hole in it. Like, <laughs> Right? What are you doing, babe? Yeah. You'd survive. You'd be fine. Put a little bow on her head. Again, I just don't, I don't think he's a Christmas killer. He's just someone killing around Christmas. It's called Black Christmas. It wasn't originally. I know, but then but they kind of like was. the idea of like having they a take leaned, of that. They didn't like it that much. They should have leaned into it. Oh yeah, because the, you know, holiday themed movie Halloween has so many Halloween inspired kills. Why doesn't he kill him with a pumpkin? <laughs> well, it's set on Halloween, the day. Oh, I'm sorry. Is this not set on Christmas? And pe not the day. Okay. So why should it's it be more Christmassy? Because I want it to be. I want Halloween to be more Halloweeny. That is well within your right. Thank you. Not arguing with you. How sexy did you think it was? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit. Okay. Just just a little. A two. A two. Okay. What was sexy about it? Well, I mean, now that you tell me there's a bi character in it, I have to. That's. Yeah. Um, But I mean. Ran rap is. Interesting. I knew it was coming, what? but it still hurt. <laughs> <laughs> It hurt? No, no, no. I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You? 
Uh, I give it one point five for Barb the Bye. It's not a very Goodbye. sexy slasher, though, is it? It's There's like no running. one of the least sexy slasher killers I think I've ever seen. Billy is not it. There's no running. There's no hiding. There's no panting. I know. And Jess's boyfriend sucks. It's like not even sexy. He's just a terrible person. And also they're trying to convince us he's like a 20 year old college age person. And the man's clearly for like he's clearly a 40 year old man. So like, I don't know what. I don't know what that was about, but <laughs> also piano mutilation is not it. Oh yeah, he destroyed the. It's like a forty thousand dollar piano. Yeah, I like to think that, um, you know, they like sued his estate. <laughs> he's forty and he has an estate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. Um. How fucked up did you think it was? In like the hooks or the throat thing. We had that in mm. uh, that other one. Yeah, you don't like that. Yeah. No, that's uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, it's a one and a half. I also give it a one and a half. What did you give it a half for? Uh, I give it a half a point for like the first phone call because it's like kind of uncomfortable. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. Usually, like, vulgarity does not, like, offend me, but it was kind of a lot, and there was, like, some, like, noises that were being made that I was kind of like, ooh, <laughs> I would have hung up already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why they just stood there listening to it. I don't know. If it happened, like, all the time, you'd probably think it was funny. Like, Barb was clearly, like, having a good time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the whole like Peter thing also he was fucked up. Yeah, Peter sucks. Yeah, he sucked. Yeah. Boo Peter. Yeah. Fuck him. Yeah. Overall? Yeah, overall. I don't know. Didn't love it. I know. But I didn't hate it. Right? <laughs> okay. I would watch it again. Okay. But it didn't really put me in the Christmas spirit. You know? Yeah. I really wanted I really wanted to be I really wanted to be put in the Christmas. Mm. Yeah. By our Christmas movies. Yeah. Um I'll give it I'll give it a 2.5. Wrong, but okay. What did you give it? A 3.5. <laughs> okay. That checks out. Yeah. Washer. I'm not like, I mean, we've already like figured this out, but I'm not a super big fan of a lot of the classics. Like I can respect them for what they did for the genre, but like maybe not for me personally. This one is, that's, it's for me. I like this one. This is probably one of my like favorites out of the, the classics. Mm -hmm. I just think it's aged well. Like it's still like pretty feminist. Like it's not like. I don't know. It's just not what you expect for a movie that came out of this time, especially when like other slashers yeah. were they came after it. were like doing the opposite, you know. And so the fact that this came out first and was still like more progressive than some of the ones that came after it, I enjoy. And I feel like it kind of had a more well, well established like 
side plots than a lot of the other ones too. So I don't know. Yeah, I enjoy it. I think it's a romp. It certainly is a romp. It is. <laughs> and maybe I'm a fucking hypocrite for liking it less than Halloween. Um, when I hate movies without plots and Halloween has less of a plot than this movie does. <laughs> I did say that to you while we were watching it. You were like, they're just talking. What? Where's all the murder? And I was like, for someone who complains constantly about movies not having a plot, you sure do hate this plot, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Because it was just moving so fucking slow. Like, <laughs> plot faster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think also, like, well, I guess like Midsummer kind of has a slow start. I mean, that's a two and a half hour movie, which is crazy because it doesn't feel like it. And I was thinking oh, yeah, like we okay. just kind of came off of like When Evil Lurks too, where it's like that movie's just kind of go, go, go the whole time. Like yeah. that doesn't slow down. <laughs> yeah. So I could see how you'd kind of be in the mood for a faster pace. Yeah, I just wanted some like jingle bells, you know? Bells I'm sorry it and... wasn't Christmassy enough for you. It's all right. Would you survive it? No. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Because uh, I don't leave the house. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm a pretty easy, pretty easy target, I think. That's fair. And... I, yeah, I, like, fine, take me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Take my time, whatever. <laughs> what about you? Are you surviving? I think if I'm Jess, I'm surviving. Because the second the police call and say, hey, you need to leave, he's in the house, Bye. I'm gone. I'm out of there. I'm saying, hey, Barb and Phil, I'm heading out. You guys should, too. Meet you outside. And then I'm going outside. I'm not going up there when they don't respond. You know what that means? They're fucking dead. So I got to go. If I'm anyone else, I'm dead. Because they really didn't have a warning that somebody was even in the house, right? And so True. statistically, I'm going to have to say that I died. Yeah, it's kind of the same as, like, Friday the 13th. Oh, my God, Friday Everybody the 13th. Died. They didn't really know someone. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. They did. Um, <laughs> they just didn't well, know it was a woman. <laughs> Pamela. <laughs> For a little bit. But I feel like there's always, like, a couple of kills at the beginning where they don't know. And then they find them and everything goes to shit. Yeah. Um, but I think I said that in that, too, where I'm like, if I'm her, yeah, I can take Pamela. Yeah. But if I'm anybody else... And it's like a sneak attack, like a little bitch, then no. And I think I said no on that one, so I'll say no on this one too. It's, it's unlikely that I'm going to be the last one because knowing me, I'm already in my bedroom because I get fatigued when I have to do large gatherings. Um, and so I would probably be like, oh, I'm worn out. I'm going to hit the hay. Well, also, <laughs> you saying, I mean, yes, I agree with you 100%. Thank you. Um, but you saying that you're Jess and you get the phone call saying you need to leave yeah. and you just leave. Remember, she couldn't get out the front door. That's why she went to the basement. I think she just didn't have time to get out at that point, though, because he was right behind her. Oh. I think it was more of like a she couldn't get the lock undone before he was at like 
by her, so she had to divert. Oh. Yeah. So I think if she had left okay, before okay. she even was confronted by him, she would have been fine. Just wait outside until the okay. police get there. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. So, so statistically, we're dead because we're sleeping. Statistically, it's unlikely that I would still be the last one not in my room. So I'd probably die. Yeah. Okay, fair. Yeah. Would you like to predict next week's film? Already? We can talk about other stuff first if you'd like. Oh. No, I mean, yes. Okay. Let's. <laughs> let's. Um, let's. Uh, well, just to keep in the holiday spirit, we have another Christmas-themed movie-ish. It's called Krampus. Ish? Well, you know, Krampus isn't traditional Christmas, but it's Christmas-esque. Okay. I, ho- I hope it'll be more Christmassy for you. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, I don't think it is, mm, okay. unfortunately for me. Yeah. Um, but wait, isn't, isn't our next episode like a, a fun episode? Yeah. Do you want to tell people or do you want me to? <laughs> no, I want to tell people. <laughs> okay. Tell them what next episode is. Next episode is our 50th episode. It is. 50. I can't believe it. <laughs> so we're celebrating with a special guest. Um, Steph from Chasing Childhood Podcast is going to be joining us. We are so excited to have her. Um, and yeah, we're going to be talking about Krampus. Yeah, we should say Steph picked it too. So yes, we're excited yes, to have her it. on. We're excited to have her pick. I'm pumped. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Krampus, if you didn't know, is about. Here we go. A monster. Mm-hmm. He okay. So he's like a kind of like a furry, mm-hmm. like a black furry monster. That he reminds me of the monsters in the Scooby-Doo movie. Great. Okay. But like black and furry with horns and like long nails. Yeah. And kind of like, kind of like walks like on like his knuckles kind of like, but like his back legs are shorter than his arms, you know? Okay. Yeah. That's like what Krampus is and he's got the horns he kind of yeah. looks like goatee goatee okay yeah I wish I could like draw what I'm I would love but... you to draw it and then we can post that on our social meds I won't oh object anyone to that <laughs> I uh, think but maybe I could like to see <laughs> maybe I will um I'll put it on Instagram stories so it's not perpetually available perfect um okay so that 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 covers that base so we know what he looks like mm-hmm. um and i think it's kids i think there's kids and they are uh whisked away wow from their homes on christmas morning yeah they're all the naughty kids mm-hmm. we're doing the naughty nice list thing again yeah that trope yep i really want that trope to happen in a horror one day 
Yeah, all the not. So you're so I'm wrong. I I didn't say if that day was going to be next week or not. <laughs> uh, okay. Um. So all the naughty kids are whisked away. Um. To Krampus's lair, mm-hmm. and they have to prove themselves to Krampus through a series of psychological tests and physical tests. Oh my god! It's like Christmas Squid Games. Sort of. Oh, okay. I was thinking more like Christmas Playground. The book? <laughs> the book. Yeah. Because it's horror. I hope not. Um, and, um, but it's like, it's like candy cane through the throat. Mm. And drowning in hot chocolate. And yeah. Christmas. Christmassy deaths count. Christmassy death counts. Yes. Yes. Um, and only one of them survives and he rides home on the back of Krampus. And as he rides home on Krampus's back, he turns into a majestic reindeer. Oh my God. Yep. Yep. Wow. That's Krampus. I'm super excited to watch that. It's like an artsy movie though. It sounds really stupid. Oh, okay. But. If I had explained Midsummer to you without any context outside of, yeah, it might sound funny too. too. Yeah, great, can't wait. That's that's Krampus. That's Krampus. So glad Steph chose it. <laughs> Same. Do you know who it stars? Do you know anybody in this film? I mean, you do, but I'm just wondering if you know that you know who's in this film. No. Um, Danny DeVito as Krampus. I hope. I, I thought I wish. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, who's in it? Uh, it stars Adam Scott. Oh. And Tony Collette. <laughs> oh. Wait, is it a comedy or is it a horror? It is a horror comedy. Cute. Yeah, so it's it's a little bit more like black comedy, but yeah, okay, it's got that element in there for you. Cute. Yeah, with Adam Scott in it, I would hope so. Yeah, he's a funny guy. He's a funny guy, isn't mm-hmm. he? Yeah, yeah. I'm super excited. Me 50 too. Fifty episodes. That's crazy. We're almost at a year, and uh, super excited. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll see you then. Bye. There it is. All right. Well, that wraps it up for today. If there are any movies you'd like to hear us talk about or you'd like to traumatize me with, please let us know in the comments or shoot us a DM on our socials at Killer Cuties Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Next week, we're so excited to say is our 50th episode so to celebrate our guest star steph has chosen the 2015 horror comedy film Krampus. we hope to see you then bye